following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with host Kristen Harper. She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Hello, everyone. It's a beautiful day here in Arizona. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the health and wellness channel. So today... I will be speaking with my guest, Dr. Alan Palmer, about the negative health effects of wearing a mask. We will also talk about, is there an agenda? Because there's a lot of chaos occurring in the United States and around the world. Is there an agenda? We will also talk about the inflated coronavirus deaths. We will also talk about infant deaths decline during lockdown the problems with the coronavirus vaccine, germ versus terrain theory, and so much more. And uh, Dr. Alan Palmer, he's a physician. He's located here in Arizona, and he has been on my radio show before a couple of times. And I'm, I'm thrilled that he has uh, come back on my show today. He is a very kind person, very intelligent I like how he backs up what he says with studies. He's, he's very much into research. And he also is aware of the adverse effects when it comes to vaccines. He does have a ebook that you can download. It's called 1200 Studies That Refute Vaccine Claims. I always recommend people read this ebook and check out the studies. And you can go to wellnessdoc, which is doc.com forward slash 1200 studies, or you can go to 1200studies.com. And when you go to that website, I like it because you can actually sign up for his newsletter. He always has great content, and also you can download his ebook. So before I bring on Dr. Palmer, I just have a few comments here. These are my thoughts. Uh, Just recently here in Arizona, in Tempe, Arizona, there was a mask mandate. And I was very upset. I actually uh, reached out to the mayor at the time and the city council. And then eventually the mayor left and now we have a new mayor in. So I actually got in touch with the new mayor as well that I am against the mask mandate. I feel like it's an assault on our liberty Masks do affect health in a negative way just based on my research, including reducing oxygen levels. You will actually rebreathe carbon dioxide that the lungs are attempting to expel. There's an increased risk of infections and so much more, and I will have Dr. Palmer discuss this more in detail. Also, Dr. Palmer wrote an article which is at thechildrenshealthdefense.org about masks. He has studies there, and I recommend you go to that website, which was this 
this article was actually published May 2020. And also, I feel like there needs to be an investigation into the coronavirus numbers as well as these test kits. I feel like the numbers are padded. And also, my question is, are the coronavirus tests, the test kits, are they contaminated? And the reason I asked that is I just read something recently, an article, I believe this was through the Washington Post, there's a Federal Review, uh, which was mentioned that the, te the, test kits, the test kits could be contaminated, and there's actually an investigation going on until 2021. And we also will be talking about the germ versus terrain theory, and I feel that everyone needs to keep a strong immune system by taking a natural approach, and this is not discussed on mainstream media at all, eating healthy, living a healthy lifestyle, obtaining sunshine, taking nutritional supplements, addressing mineral imbalances, and more. And Dr. Ben Lynch, he has a YouTube video where he talks about the coronavirus is the wrong target. We need to be addressing, for example, nutritional aspects and other aspects of health. And then also Del Bigtree, he has been on my show in the past and there's a video I recommend you check out. And you can also go to his Facebook page, which is the High Wire. And it is about a mask test that proves that it's toxic. A mask test proves that it's toxic for children. And the uh, Carbon dioxide levels were actually uh, tested um, I, and actually underneath the mask. And you'll be shocked when you watch this video how the levels did rise. So let me go over uh, Dr. Palmer's bio here. Uh, Dr. Palmer, he has been a practicing chiropractor for 30 years. Originally from Minnesota, he graduated from Northwestern College of Chiropractic in 1985. And since 1985, he has been studying functional medicine applications, complementary alternative medicine, CAM concepts, and advanced clinical nutrition strategies. And again, you can go to 1200studies.com. And it's an honor to have Dr. Palmer back on my radio show. And how, and how are you doing, Dr. Palmer? Hi, Kristen. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back on. Yeah, it's always I a pleasure. Uh, no problem. It's always a pleasure to have you on. You're just a wealth of knowledge. And so I, I, we haven't covered this on my show yet, but I would like to talk to you about masks. And what are your thoughts being a physician? Uh, do you feel that masks can affect health in a negative way? I just thought this would be a really good topic to discuss right now since there's so many uh, cities and counties that are mandating masks now, especially here in Arizona. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Kristen. Well, um, first of all, I wanted to compliment you on your recommendation to go to Dell Big Tree's High Wire uh, special episode regarding levels of carbon dioxide that will build up behind face masks because I saw that the other day for the first time and it, it, he just put it out and it is pretty astounding. Um, he has his son on the show, and he has a, a very uh, expensive, sophisticated, calibrated device that measures for carbon dioxide. And he cited OSHA standards, uh, for example, and that in a workplace environment, 
it is unsafe or dangerous to work in a workplace environment where the carbon dioxide levels will build up higher than 5,000 parts per million. And when he put this, he put the, um, the device up under his son's mask and his son was just breathing normally, uh, he spiked the levels up around 9,000, so almost double what the, the safe levels are in a workplace environment, just sitting there. And that happened within a matter, as you saw, within a matter of seconds. So it really got me to thinking, you know, and, and some of the things that I, <clears throat> some of the things I cited in my, my article for, for Children's Health Defense about face masks, and the article is titled The Risk Versus Benefit of Face Masks, Is There an Agenda? Um, it talks about that. It talks about studies that have uh, identified and documented the increase in carbon dioxide from wearing face masks and the types of problems that they can that can cause. Yes, that's uh, very concerning. And, um, you know, I, one thing that really concerns me a lot is, you know, children will be going back to school here very soon. And based on the CDC guidelines, the children have to wear a mask. Yes, I mean, these, these guidelines are constantly changing, as, as we all know. And um, we don't know what things will be in a month, but at least... Um, yeah, as of recently, the guidelines are that they want the children to wear masks. I just think about this from at so many different levels, Kristen. Um, obviously, from the physiological level, uh, the reduced oxygen uh, to the brain, the increased buildup of carbon dioxide. How is a child supposed to learn when their oxygen is their brain is deprived of oxygen? Um, and interestingly enough, also in my article, I cite studies that talk about the, the uh, decrease in immune function because of diminished oxygen, oxygen levels and, and also the buildup of carbon dioxide. And so children are sitting there in class, so there's a physiological effect on those children, which is going to impair their ability to learn, but also weaken their immune systems. But think about the psychological effect. When I, when I just picture a classroom of children wearing masks, and we've taught these children now to avoid touching anything and to wash your hands a hundred times a day and everything is contaminated unless you sterilize or if you goop, uh, if you touch something, you've got to goop hand sanitizers, which is toxic in and of itself on your hands. You know, I'm a big proponent of just soap and water, uh, but we're, we're creating a whole generation of germaphobes unnecessarily. And, and in doing so, germs are required. They're necessary for our children to develop their immune systems. So if we try to sterilize everything and we try to teach them that everything is, is contaminated with this, this monster virus, um, I, I fear for what the implications and, and the downstream effects that that will have on our children. And I'm also wondering, too, if it would affect them psychologically, too, as far as fear, you know, wearing the mask and being uh, scared. Will this virus harm me? You know, will that cause trauma? Will that cause fear, limiting beliefs? What are your well, thoughts on that? increases in anxiety, right, absolutely. And the increases in anxiety that that causes. So we're going to see a big uptick in uh, anxiety and depressive disorders, um, the fear itself again, is, is a powerful immuno-weakening uh, effect. So we're, we're going to have um, an uptick in other kinds of illnesses with children. 
So on so many levels, it's just a terrible idea. Um, and now that we know about the, the fatality rate, uh, even the, the rate of uh, infections that children, the, the, the children do not acquire this infection at the same rate as adults, but also the, the fatality rate is almost infinitesimal. It, it, you know, it, it, it can produce danger for certain children um, who may be immunocompromised, but it is extremely rare that a child will die from this disorder. And they're even finding that children, uh, most of the research that's coming out now is showing that children do not, uh, they're not asymptomatic carriers like we were concerned that they were at the level that we were concerned that they were. Uh, Rand Paul put out a video that I just recently saw uh, speaking in front of Congress where he showed a half a dozen countries that have opened their schools and he showed graphs behind him uh, Senator Rand Paul and showed graphs as to when the schools opened, and there was no uptick in cases in any of these countries once they opened the schools. Wow. So, so Dr. Palmer, I mean, there's been a lot of chaos here in the United States and around the world. So we've gone through so much, a lot of stress for people. So we've gone through the the first lockdown, like here in Arizona. And now we're going through like a second lockdown for some businesses, not all, including gyms. There's been the riots. There has been the mask mandate. There's just a lot going on. I'm, I'm assuming there's probably going to be a lot more here in the near future. But uh, do you feel like overall with this uh, pandemic, which in the past I've had guests on, we've called it <laughs> a scamdemic, a scam and lie, fraud, but I mean, overall, do you think that there's an agenda going on? Because we've never dealt with this. But we've never, in my lifetime, never have we gone through something like this. And we don't just shut everything down for flu each year when we have flu cases. Well, you know, I, I can't say for certainty that there was an agenda at the beginning because we really didn't know what we were dealing with. Um, when this, uh, the, the word of this virus came out and the, the types of projections that we saw from Neil Ferguson and his group from the Imperial College in London projecting that 2.2 million people would die in the United States from this virus, um, we, we had no idea what we were dealing with initially. So I think some of the precautions that were taken are definitely, were definitely justified at the time. And then, of course, early on in the pandemic, we had the situation in Italy where we saw uh, large numbers of elderly people dying and their their uh, healthcare system being overwhelmed in northern Italy. And so we, I believe, extrapolated that into this is what's coming to the United States. This is what we're going to have to deal with. Um, and so I think uh, at the beginning, there was a lot of extra precautions that were taken because we really didn't know what we were dealing with. But as the data has come out, as we have seen the figures change, as we have seen the infection mortality rate go down, as we have identified the people at most risk, the people with comorbidities, um, especially diabetes and obesity and hypertension and kidney problems and, and uh, certain types of respiratory problems, and the very elderly who also have many comorbidities and they have a weakened immune system, once we've identified those, those people at highest risk, we really should have looked for a different way to approach this. And that would be in, in like, kind of like Sweden did. They decided to try to uh, 
uh, quarantine or sequester some of those people in those high-risk categories and keep their businesses open and let people live their lives with practicing, you know, of course, hand-washing and social distancing and so forth. And um, so it's been an interesting experiment there because their, their num- death numbers are pretty much the same very close to the United States, very close to their neighboring countries in Europe, Great Britain, uh, France, Spain. Uh, Germany is one that's even way lower than, than Sweden. But, yes, yeah, so I think as this thing has gone on, what we have seen, it seems like, and I'm, I'm not saying this to get political, but it really seems like a lot of what's happened is falling along party lines. It seems that um, I think there is an agenda I, I really believe that because when you see the difference between the blue states and the red states and you see uh, the difference in the way this, this in, uh, outbreak has been managed and you see the way that they've managed their lockdowns and different things too, there really seems to have become a political uh, agenda with regard to this. And I feel that what's taking place is um, – the globalists and the government, they're trying to get their new world order that they've been wanting to, uh, they've been wanting this for like many years. And that's, that's what I feel is going on. But I, I feel like, you know, uh, the individuals that have like, you know, the chronic health conditions or the elderly, you know, should of course take precautions. And I feel like everyone needs to be living a healthy lifestyle, eating healthy, and that's not even talked yeah. about at all. It's not. It's not talked about on mainstream media at all. But I, I just feel like, just based on my research too, that the the numbers are are padded. And I, I just feel like there needs to be an investigation. That's just what I feel. And it, I don't know if you even heard. There was an article. Let's see. I think this was recently on what was the Washington Post about the test kits could be contaminated. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, I haven't seen that article, but I have seen several weeks ago, I saw some indications that they felt in Europe, um, some places in Europe, uh, especially where they found a, lar- a high percentage of the test kits that were contaminated. I mean, that, that seems very odd to me. I'm, I'm wondering how, you know, a test kit can become contaminated um, in production. It's, you know, in, in high numbers of test kits, maybe an odd ball or an you know, a random test kit, but um, high numbers of test kits, that seems very odd to me. But when you look at padding the numbers, um, I definitely think that we have to take a look at the numbers that are being put out by the CDC and cut them back substantially. Um, there was a great interview, and I've seen Dr. Jensen, uh, Dr. Scott Jensen. He's a senator from Minnesota. I saw him interviewed on the Laura Ingram show more than once on Fox News, but I also saw him interviewed by Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, the uh, coach, the the motivational coach that has about a million followers. And Tony has been doing some uh, segments on on COVID-19 where he's interviewed different scientists and experts from around the world. And he had Dr. Scott Jensen on there about a week or so ago. And the title of his um, episode was, you know, how are the mortality rates being manipulated, something to that effect. So if you look up Tony Robbins, his podcast, you'll easily be able to find it. When you look at the, the titles of them, it's the one on the mortality rates. But Dr. Jensen, being a practicing physician, I believe for about 35 years, and a Minnesota state senator, 
he said that early on he was being coached as to how to fill out these death certificates to put COVID on them. And he said, in all my years of practice, I have never been coached before. This is something that is completely odd for me. And he said that he is actually a coding expert. He teaches coding. So he teaches coding to doctors. So he knows something about this. And he literally said on his interview that if someone has a diagnosis of pneumonia, they are paid $4,600. If they have a diagnosis of COVID-19, they're paid $13,000. So now we're talking about the hospitals. Um, if a ventilator is used on that person, they are paid $39,000. So there's definitely a financial incentive for the hospitals to make sure that that COVID is on their death certificate. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of discussion about do people die from COVID or, and be counted on the death certificate? Now that should be, that's a fair thing if they, or if COVID caused complications that, that directly uh, contribute to it, contributed to or caused their death, or do they die with COVID? In other words, if, if you're hit by a car and you're on life support, and you happen to be tested and found to have COVID, but then you die, should that go down as a COVID death? <laughs> you know, um, So that's really what's happening. Um, the, the hospitals and doctors are being incentivized to make the cause of death COVID. And in fact, um, the Health and Human Services put out a, a coding sheet, and I have this in my current newsletter. Um, as you mentioned, if someone goes to my... Uh, you know, www.1200studies.com page. At the top, there's a link where they can subscribe to the newsletter. And the one, I, I put them out the first of every month. So if anyone subscribes, I'll make sure they, they get this uh, initial copy uh, from this month. But in that, in that newsletter, too, we talk about this coding document that was put out for doctors where it was basically encouraging them to make sure that uh, COVID was the cause of death. And they even went so far in this document to say, kind of like, don't, I forget the language exactly, but it's in my newsletter. Don't worry about it. You know, they're, they're not going to check on this later kind of a thing. It was astounding. And even Dr. Jensen spoke about this in his interview with Anthony Robbins as well. Wow. It's, uh, it's, it's shocking. Uh, thank you for sharing well, that information. And, and Dr. And Palmer, other, and, and I'll, have, I'll have you finish your thoughts after the break, if that's yep. okay. Absolutely. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. And my special guest for today is Dr. Alan Palmer. We've been talking about the negative health effects of wearing a mask. And later on, we'll be talking about the germ versus terrain theory. Please stay tuned, and we'll be back very soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to KristenHarperSpeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites. 
PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at kristenharperspeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at kristenharperspeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. I have been speaking with Dr. Alan Palmer. We've been talking about the negative health effects of wearing a mask, uh, the coronavirus, and later on we'll be talking about the germ versus terrain theory. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about the inflated uh, COVID-19 deaths, and I want to mention this is how I feel is like if people are sick and, you know, they should uh, stay home. Um, But healthy people, if you're healthy, you have a strong immune system. I don't understand why everyone has to stay at home. Like with the previous lockdown we had here in Arizona or shutting down all these businesses. I, we've never done this before, like in history, like when we had the, the flu, the flu cases each year, and then we should be providing a lot of education on, eating healthy, living a healthy lifestyle, taking nutritional supplements to keep a strong immune system. And so now I just want to continue our conversation here. Uh, We were talking about the inflated COVID-19 deaths. Is there any other comments that you want to share, Dr. Palmer? Well, I think one of the things that's important for us to recognize is, again, back to the people who are most at risk and most susceptible. um, For people under 60 years old or certainly under 50 years old, the, the uh, death rate is somewhere in the neighborhood of 0.05%. So it's, it's very, very small. Um, we also have to consider the way that certain states put COVID-positive patients back into nursing care facilities. And you look at, I've seen numbers anywhere from a third to almost a half of the deaths have been people in nursing homes and long-term care facilities. So when you look at those death, those the the body count, as I like to call it, every day that comes out to strike more fear in people. When you look at that and you consider that the the latest study I saw was over forty percent. I believe it was about forty-six percent of the the deaths have been in long-term care facilities and nursing homes. And when you look at that number and take that away, if we would have just protected those people and done nothing else but protect those people from acquiring this infection, 
Um, just think how that would influence the numbers. And then, I don't know, I can only speculate, I don't know how much the death rate would come down if they were coding these deaths properly, but uh, I'm just going to throw a number out there because I, I think, you know, the way that they've been influenced or directed to code these these deaths, um, what if you took another third of those deaths away because they were coded incorrectly? These are people that did not die from COVID. They died with COVID. And many health experts I've heard speaking about this lately also say that many of those very elderly people would have died within the next three to six months anyway, whether they had COVID or not, because of they were at the end stage of life. They were, they were very close to death anyway. And so when we really start looking at this from a rational perspective and you look at this from the fact and database perspective, um, you know, this is, this is certainly nowhere near the, you know, the, the, the severity of the way that it's being portrayed. Even, even in USA Today, there was a, there was a report on April 24th, and uh, it was a fact check. Hospitals get paid more if patients listed as COVID-19 on ventilators. And this was from USA Today, and they did a, they did a fact check on this article, and their ruling was that it's true. We rate the claim that hospitals get paid more if patients are listed as COVID-19 and on ventilators as true. So, you know, this is something that has been out there in the lay press to some degree, but it doesn't get a lot of attention, it seems, or the attention that it deserves. Mm-hmm. In fact, in Italy, and one more comment on this, and then I'll, uh, we can move on, but one more comment on this. When the National Health System of Italy went back and they looked at those deaths in those elderly people, and they looked back at the medical records and they looked back at the diagnosis and the, the cause of death, they determined that only 12% of all of those deaths that were initially reported were actually COVID-related deaths. Think about that. And that was one of the things that really, uh, you know, set us on fire, you know, as far as, you know, the fear factor uh, with this lockdown. And in addition to those, those wildly incorrect uh, metrics from the, uh, the people that were like the, you know, Neil Ferguson and his group in London. Yeah, so I, I just feel like uh, there needs to be, like, more investigations going on with the numbers and the testing kits. And yeah. I'm just, I, I'm concerned because it's like, what is this agenda? Because they're really pushing the testing kits here in Arizona. I just, you see this all over the Internet. They're just pushing the testing kits for people to get tested. And I'm wondering, is the next step going to be the forced vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine? Because here in Arizona, I don't know if you know this, Dr. Palmer, I had a couple of attorneys on my radio show previously, and they told me that we actually have a forced vaccine law in Arizona for emergencies. And I actually looked it up, and a a lot of people don't even know about it. I think this was a uh, came into law like many years ago, so uh, I'm wondering yeah. if that's if that's the ad- agenda. And I don't know if you've heard of TGen here in uh, Arizona as well. I believe uh, Governor Ducey sits on the board, but they're involved with the vaccines and the testing. Well, you know, um, even from the very beginning, when we look at the connections, you can kind of connect the dots. And in my first uh, newsletter, I really had a pretty extensive article on this. Um, you look at the history with Anthony Fauci, and he sits, he sits on the board of governors of Bill Gates' 
decade of vaccines organization. Um, so right there, there's a conflict of interest if we're thinking about, you know, does this person have a motivation to, uh, to push vaccines? Um, and you look at some of the other players in the coronavirus task force and so forth, same thing deeply embedded in the, you know, with, through the World Health Organization and their, and Bill Gates and the Melinda Gates Foundation and their vaccine initiatives. Um, and so the other interesting thing, which I outlined in my first newsletter, was the Neil Ferguson's Imperial College of London was funded close to $300 million by Bill Gates. And the same, same with the group out of Washington that we've been relying on for our data now uh, as well is, has had huge endowments and funding over the last 12 years from Bill and Melinda Gates. Do you start seeing someone like Bill Gates who publicly has said many times, and you can see it, you know, you can see it on video, uh, him saying it with his own mouth that, uh, you know, I don't think we're ever going to return to normal until 7 billion people are vaccinated on this planet for this disease. So he certainly has an agenda. He's heavily invested in vaccines. He stands to make a ton of money in vaccines. Microsoft has also uh, developed a chip that um, they can use to track people. And this is all this has all been reported and verified um, they're talking about a vaccine tattoo where you actually are injected with a dye that they can look with a scanner and see if you've had the vaccine. So we're not only talking about mandated vaccines, but we're talking about, as you said uh, early on, Kristen, the, the, the threat of losing our freedoms. How would it be if you couldn't travel? You could not get on an airplane unless they could shine that, that uh, scanner on your shoulder, on your arm and see that you have that dye, that tattoo. And that's coming. I mean, that's, that's literally part of the agenda. And with over 300 vaccines in the pipeline right now, for just about every kind of microbe or condition you could imagine, um, they've, they've, in the past here, they've been going after children. You know, the 72 doses by age 18 is just way overboard and the mandates for children. But a lot of adults haven't gotten too concerned about that unless you have children and you're concerned about your children's health or you, you believe that that could be harmful. But what about when they start coming after the adults and they start laying, layering vaccine on vaccine on vaccine on vaccine? I'm hoping that people will eventually, uh, that will cause people to wake up and actually realize what's happening. And so, Dr. Palmer, you've done your research, and I know you have your recent newsletter out right now, but what are your thoughts on the coronavirus vaccine? Do you feel that there's going to be quite a few uh, side effects for those that well, actually get, get the vaccine? Uh, yes, I've, I've looked at this pretty extensively, uh, Kristen, and, um, you know, since SARS back in 2003, and MERS, they have tried to create a coronavirus vaccine. In fact, even before that, it's the coronavirus vaccine um, manufacturing or attempts to create one that goes back almost 30 years. They have never been successful in creating a coronavirus vaccine. And in fact, when you look back at the studies uh, with the animals back then, one of the reasons they were never successful and could move on to humans and, and large-scale trials and and uh, 
uh, production is because they found that the coronavirus is, is unique in a way that when it's prompted artificially with a vaccine and the adjuvants like this, it often stimulates the, the person receiving the vaccine or the animal. It stimulates their immune system with what scientists call pathogenic priming or sometimes it's called immune enhancement. Have you heard of the cytokine storm that people who develop severe cases of COVID get, which usually leads to death? Yes. Where these in inflammatory chemicals from the immune system build up so strongly in the body that the body attacks its own tissues yes. um, and creates this ra raging cytokine storm of inflammation in the person's body. Well, this is what the vaccine was doing in, in a certain number of, of uh, subjects, is it would create this pathogenic priming where the, the uh, subject's immune system would go crazy and create this cytokine storm killing the subject. So when they're talking about producing a vaccine that should take three to five years to bring to market, if it were done correctly and with the proper studies. And they're talking about rushing it in 10 months. So, you know, from, from February or March to the end of the year, that's really frightening because they're skipping many of the trials that they should be doing. Um, and they're, they're not even testing it again, like every other vaccine. So this is the case with every single vaccine on the childhood schedule. They have never been tested against a saline placebo. In other words, give one group the vaccine give one group a shot of saline and see what happens. No vaccine on the childhood schedule has ever been tested. And of course, they're not going to do that in this because in doing so, you're masking the side effects. You're masking the adverse uh, reactions by giving the, the control group another vaccine, which is what they're doing, or a strong dose of the adjuvant, which in many cases with vaccines is aluminum, you're, you're getting reactions in both groups, so they're not that much different. So it, it hides or masks the potential adverse reactions that are caused by the vaccine. So that's another frightening thing is they're not even doing that. Um, so it is, uh, you know, it's a daunting prospect. And even the initial trials, uh, the, the Moderna vaccine, the, the first human subjects that got that vaccine, 20%, which was only three people because it was a small trial, but 20% of the subjects in the high-dose group had a reaction so bad they had to be hospitalized. And I wow. believe it was it was a lower percentage. I forget the percentage. It may have been 6% or something like that in the low-dose group had to be hospitalized. So that was a failure. And then they've done a um, the Oxford vaccine, the one from Great Britain. Those are the two leading candidates. They've done a, um, uh, uh, a primate study and many of the primates in that study died from this pathogenic priming. So things have not been very good uh, as far as the initial trials, but yet they're determined to go to production with this thing and get it out by the end of the year. So it is, it is extremely frightening. And a good person to follow that for your, your group here, uh, to follow the, um, this, this trend with the vaccines too, is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If you, if you go to Children's Health Defense, you can subscribe to their newsletter free and, and get updates. But he's really on top of this, and he's watching those studies very carefully and reporting on them. So it would be another good source for your listeners. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm very frightened as well about these vaccines. I'm really concerned for people and children. Uh, so, Dr. Palmer, we need to go to one more break here really quick. 
Okay. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. And today's episode is all about the negative health effects of wearing a mask. And later on, we will talk about the germ versus terrain theory with Dr. Alan Palmer. Please stay tuned, and we'll be back very soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to KristenHarperSpeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. We are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on VoiceAmerica.com on the Health and Wellness Channel. And today's episode is all about the negative health effects of wearing a mask and germ versus terrain theory with Dr. Alan Palmer. We were talking about the coronavirus vaccine earlier, and I read an article because I, I actually used to live in Mojave County, Arizona for many years. There is an article there. Recently, there was like a poll done asking people if they'll be getting the vaccine when it comes out. And I was really shocked. I forgot the exact number, but it was really high. Like a lot of people want the vaccine. And I'm just very concerned, very concerned as far as the uh, side effects. And I just feel like we have to keep educating people. And I also feel that people need to take action so that we can fight for our freedom. And we talked about that previously on my uh, last week's episode, whether it's getting involved as being a precinct committeeman, contacting your legislator, making sure you uh, vote. There's a lot you can do. So now I want to move on to our next topic here and talk about infant deaths decline during 
lockdown. And this was included in Dr. Palmer's recent newsletter. Any comments on this? Yes, and, and before we go to that, if I might mention um, a couple things real quickly with regard to the vaccine. Uh, the other coronaviruses that have caused pandemics and, and uh, you know, serious issues, uh, SARS-CoV-1 and the MERS uh, coronavirus, both of those basically burned out after a couple years. You know, we don't hear much or anything about them anymore. No one's talking about a vaccine for those. And um, there's been a lot of, uh, of research coming out now that's showing that this virus is weakening as well. And so, um, you know, the rush to a vaccine, by the time we get the vaccine and the virus is, continues to weaken, plus it mutates. So whatever vaccine they come out with, as the virus continues to mutate somewhat, kind of like the flu vaccine or the flu uh, influenza, it, it's going to be a guessing game. And, and they're going to have to start all over like they do with the flu shot every year. So that, that's another thing, I think, that does not bode well for uh, the vaccine being a viable alternative for this virus. But, but yes, your, your uh, comments about the uh, drop in infant mortality, this is really astounding. And uh, if your listeners want to look at this data, they can go to healthchoice.org. And there's a white paper there called Lessons from the Lockdown, Why Are So Many Fewer Children Dying? And it's really so fascinating. They have a lot of statistics about the death rates and so forth for all ages. But near the end of the document, they show the decrease in immunizations for children. Um, and there's a, actually a, a statement here by the World Health Organization that they issued in a press release on May 22nd, noting that, quote, since March 2020, routine childhood immunization services have been disrupted on a global scale that may be unprecedented since the inception of expanded programs on immunizations in the 1970s. So we've never seen anything like this. So what's happening literally is we're seeing a natural experiment occur with COVID because children are having to stay home. They're not going and getting their shots. And they have a graph there. Uh, and it, it, as you said, it's in my newsletter. There's a graph from the MMR and the flu shots, the, the drop in the graph is just incredible. It's like it's fallen off a cliff as far as the number of doses of these vaccines that children have got. And they actually show another graph that shows the, um, all the different years from 2014 to 2020 and the deaths in, uh, in children under 18 years of age. And you see that this year the deaths have gone down precipitously compared to every other year. And when they look at the infant mortality rate, they say that they believe that the rate has dropped somewhere between two and 300 deaths per week during this, uh, during this wow. lockdown. And, and when you core now, uh, correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation. I want to say that for sure. They, you can't come to that conclusion a hundred percent, but they tried to factor out for many other things like injuries and accidents and, and all these things. But, but Kristen, sudden infant death syndrome is ranked with accidents as the number one cause of infant death in the United States. So it is a, it is a, you know, a tremendously, um, you know, high rate of death caused by sudden infant death syndrome in, in children under the age of one. Yes, that's uh, very concerning, but good news to hear as far as the infant deaths dropping uh, during the lockdown. Uh, 
wonderful yes, news. Absolutely. Oh, it's wonderful news for sure. And you know, Oops. the United States already ranks by far the worst of any industrialized country in the world. Uh, the, uh, as of the last statistics that were published um, through the CIA on infant mortality, I believe we were 54th in the world in infant mortality rates. We have terrible infant mortality rates as it is. And so when you look at this increase in infant mortality, the improvement in infant mortality, and children not getting their vaccines, it's, it just kind of makes you go, hmm, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I wonder. And we also, as, as a country, we have the highest uh, rates of immunization for infants. And there was a, publish, a study published by Neil Z. Miller a few years ago, um, and he looked at the different countries in the world and their immunization rates in, in infants and correlated with the infant mortality rate. And there was a, a very strong correlation uh, across the different countries with the number of immunizations that infants get and the infant mortality rates. And that's in my ebook, um, the 1200 Studies, a free ebook, if people want to check some of those things out about infant mortality rates. Oh, I love that ebook so much. I've read other vaccine. Oh, there's, there, there, there's even vaccine books that I've read, but I, I have to say this ebook is like one of my favorites. I always rec- tell people to read it. It's incredible. Oh. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Kristen. It's been a labor of love, trust me. About two and a half years and 2,500 hours and over 700 pages, it's definitely been a labor of love. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. You know, because you put a lot of time into your newsletter, too, I can tell. So I don't know how you have time for all this. Well, you know, the unfortunate thing was I had a a career-ending injury that I uh, force the sale of my practice. So, you know, but, but I really believe that everything happens for a reason. Uh, had I still been practicing full time, there's no way I would have been able to devote the time to this. And I think this is, in the big picture, this is so much more important than my practice and working within my four walls. If I can make a difference on a large scale or at least be a, a part of you know, the information that gets out there that eventually changes the conversation, that eventually uh, creates a change in, in the way we're doing things, then to me that is, uh, you know, that, that's where my passion is and that's, that's where I want to make an impact. Yes, and I, that's why I appreciate you so much, just being able to oh, um, help you. people and, and bring awareness. So um, basically we're getting close to the end of my show. Um, I really would love you just to briefly talk about the germ versus terrain theory. This hasn't been really discussed on my show before. I thought this would be an excellent topic. Yeah. Would you just like to All right. Well, this I would love about... to talk about that. In fact, I'm writing an article right now for the Children's Health Defense uh, oh, organization good. about this very thing and and I do cover it in my ebook as well. So um, well, the germ theory was started by Louis Pasteur. Uh, everyone's probably heard of Louis Pasteur, but he, you know, he felt that the germ was everything, that the, the bacteria, the germ is what caused disease, and, and that was the most important thing. And then there were other people, and one, one was Antoine Beechamp, who felt that it was more the terrain, you know, the, the host. It was the host healthy, is the host have immune defense that will fight the germs. So, you know, there's been this debate ever since, and medicine has sort of gravitated towards the germ theory, of course, you know, antibiotics to kill the germs. And it, it's all about fighting the germ, finding that next drug, finding that next, uh, you know, uh, pharmacological, uh, pharmacological therapeutic, you know, to try to kill the germ or, or you know, vaccines and everything like that. 
whereas um, natural medicine has really gravitated towards more the terrain theory. Exactly. Not, not to say that there isn't a germ you have to deal with, but if you can strengthen the host, in other words, if you can fortify your immune system and you can make it as strong as possible so that if you're exposed to that germ, your immune system can fight it off, then you don't need to go down the road of, of um, drugs and antibiotics and uh, vaccines and all those different things that have great potential for side effects and problems. So it's it's just a different it's a different philosophy and a different concept. And so, um, interestingly, when we're talking about this, you know, you have to look at um, importance of certain things. And one thing I want to mention to your listeners, because I know we're running out of time, is vitamin D. Yes. Everyone should know their number. Yeah, everyone should know their number. And what I mean by that. Know what your vitamin D levels are. Get your blood tested because ideally you should be in the 50 to 70 range. And there have been so many studies coming out from all over the world on COVID-19 showing that people with high vitamin D levels do much better. Their survivability rate, their hospitalization rates, everything is so much better if they have high vitamin D levels. And the ones with very low vitamin D levels are the ones that become critical and die in many cases. And so even this is one of the connections, I believe, with African-Americans having a higher mortality rate. And this has been covered in some of this research is because of the pigment in their skin, their bodies don't produce vitamin D at the same level. So across the board, African-Americans tend to have a lower vitamin D levels. Um, so in my first newsletter, I actually included about 20 different studies showing vitamin D levels and their importance with other kinds of respiratory infections, viral infections, acute respiratory distress syndrome, all those different things that were published in peer-reviewed journals from, from journals all over the world and the importance of vitamin D. So if I could encourage one thing, um, and then um, also on my, then, on my download page for my... Oh, go ahead. And, and I apologize. We're at the end of my show, and I uh, yep. thank you, yep. th thank you so much for coming on my show. You're yeah, always welcome back. You're wonderful, and of I appreciate course. what, what no. I appreciate what, I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, and so, thank listeners, you so much, Kristen. Yeah, okay, bye bye. And uh, listeners, this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on VoiceAmerica.com on the Health and Wellness Channel. If you could please give this show. A five stars on iTunes. would really appreciate it. The show is all about taking a natural approach to get healthy. And also, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, please send me an email to Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Your business will get a lot of exposure because Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world. Or you can make a donation at PayPal at Kristen at PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com. Would really appreciate it. And also my website's PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com. I offer quantum biofeedback, nest health, brainwave entrainment, hair analysis, and then my speaking website, KristenHarperSpeaks.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, HarperSpeaks.com. And wishing all of you a healthy and happy week. Make sure you tune in next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of the show this week. Tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper, can be heard live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time and 3 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Kristen can't wait to speak again next week.